As you all know, last week we announced our new partnership with FanDuel, the number one sports book in all of the land. And why wouldn't we? We want all of our listeners to get rich. You go there, you use the code SUBPAR, you're going to make some money. Why wouldn't you use FanDuel? Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets. Unique. It's fun. I mean, dude, if you win money on this app, you get paid within 24 hours, unlike a lot of these books where it takes a, I mean, it takes weeks sometimes to get your money out of there. Live betting is easy. If you're watching a game, you love what's going on, you want to fire on a team, you go in there and fire it. You can get that bet off quickly. And also, how about this? Right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. All you got to do, place your first bet on anything, football, golf, baseball, basketball, whatever, and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. Who else is doing that? That's just free money. I need this on every bet going forward because I tend to make some not incredibly smart wagers, but if you have never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Go to FanDuel.com slash subpar or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. That's all you got to do to get started. Be sure to sign up with promo code subpar so they know that we sent you and you can get all the deals that come with that. 21 and up and present in New Jersey. New users only. $5 first deposit required and must wager in designated offer market. Max bet of $5. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See the full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? As a lot of us do, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now let's get back to the episode. Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz and Sleaze. Another week, another victory for Golf Subpar. Our man, Abe Answer gets it done at the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Yes, finally, Abe get it, gets it done after four runner-ups in his career. We can finally start talk, stop talking about, this guy's going to win. I can't. It's not going to be long before this guy is going to win. He's going to get the monkey off his back. He did it. He did it in a big golf tournament. And, I mean, honestly, Colt, you were out there uh, at the turn, after the, after the 10th hole where Bryson hit the three-wood in the water, I was ready to maybe take a nap or go to bow. I was like, yo, this is going to be a snooze fest. Harris is going to have a three-shot lead. He's just going to you know, suffocate these guys, fairway, greens, two putt, get this thing done. And then fast forward about eight minutes and all hell broke loose and it didn't stop for the rest of the rest of the tournament. You even heard in Abe's interview, like he looked up and he was shocked that he was, you know, tied for the lead at one point. So weird stuff happens, man. Abe's had some good terms before come up just short. And then this one, I mean, I think you could have told him at the end, hey, you're going to lose by three. And he would have been like, yep, that, that sounds about right. And now he walks off as the champion. Yeah, it's so cool to see. I mean, this guy, He's got all the game in the world. One of my most epic failure in sports predictions ever. When I played with him at Q School back in 2011, I thought this guy would be looking for a job pretty soon. Now he's one of the best players in the world. Wins a WGC. So awesome to see. So happy for him. I was there to congratulate him afterwards. Uh, just love it. And by the way, you know, we recently partnered with FanDuel. We're one for one, Sleeve. Last week in our episode, we talked about some guys we like. We mentioned Brooks Kepka. We mentioned Daniel Berger. But then we also slid in there 41 to 1. We love Abraham Answers odds of getting the job done at the WGC. And we did it. So we got to keep this thing rolling. That's what we were saying. Boats, yachts on the reg, all that. PJs on the reg. There's it right there. 41 to 1 with Abe Answer. And we got to talk a little bit about that closing stretch there. Two things. One, Cam Smith, dude. 18, blows the driver right into the trees. I was fully expecting him to punch out, play it from the fairway. Here's one of the best wedge players on the PGA Tour. Having one of the best putting weeks in the history of PGA Tour golf, I was like, it's a no-brainer. It looked like there was absolutely nothing on the broadcast. I couldn't tell. When he, when he got over the ball, I was like, oh, my God, he's going up in the air. But, <laughs> I mean, just watermelon-sized nuts on Cam Smith to even try that. Not saying it was the percentage play or the smart play, but, I mean, the marbles on Cam – Went up in my book a lot for a guy that I already like, just even attempting to pull that shot off. But the caddy might have been like, hey, dude, it uh, looks like par might get us in a playoff. Abe's over there about 30 feet, probably not going to make it. Maybe we just pitch it out and you stuff a wedge like you've done, you know, over and over throughout your career. But that was a shocker. Yeah, there was a few on that on that back nine. I mean, Harris English going at the pin on 11, hitting in the water, making double. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a very interesting back nine. I was with you. I kind of thought this thing was over. Then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, I got to turn my car around. I was I was ready to get out of there. I had Hideki Matsuyama and Sam Burns group that finished an hour before the leaders did. I was I was getting ready to go to Nashville. And I'm like, oh boy, we might want to stop, pump the brakes, turn back around because I'm going to have to work this playoff. But at the end of the day, Abe Answer got it done. We're one for one with FanDuel. Coming up after our special guest today, we're going to make our picks once again and see if we can go two for two with FanDuel. 
yeah, some big weeks for some boys. The last uh, the last event of the year to slide into that top 20, 125, get your way into the FedEx Cup playoffs. There's some big names, and the guy I'm picking this week, a very big week for him as well. But it's a, it's a massive week for a lot of guys um, out there. Some guys are just jockeying for position for the FedEx Cup playoffs, and some guys are trying to play their way in there and avoid, go, avoid going back to Corn Ferry Finals, which is a scary place to be. Yeah, there's a there, like you said, there's a lot going on. It's the Wyndham Championship, otherwise known as the Webb Simpson Invitational, where he just cashes money around that joint like nobody else. But listen, there's the there's the 125 uh, trying to finish top 150 to have conditional status. Top 200 gets you into those Corn Ferry Tour playoffs, which is the only way to get yourself your PGA Tour card back. So very very important. There's also the Com business Comcast Business Top 10, which is a nice little bonus. If you finish 10th, it's a half million bucks. You win it, it's two million. So there's a lot to play for, and the field is pretty stacked because there's some big names right around that bubble to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So it's going to be exciting to watch. We're going to break it all down for you after our interview today. And our special guest this week is Brian Harmon, the only guest, I believe, so far that I've been taller than. So that, that was a big bonus for me. Yep. But the Georgia Bulldog, man, I tell you what, I think people are going to see a different side of Brian Harmon than, than he's ever shown before. We had so much fun with him. This dude's awesome. If we could have had the mics on before the show started and after the show started, it would have been an even better episode. But this dude's, I mean, we'll get into a lot of it, but he's the bulldog of bulldogs. He went to Georgia. Every time he comes on the broadcast, they talk about this guy's a bulldog. You know, he's just a fighter. He's a scrapper, all this stuff. But also a guy that's just been awesome at golf since he came out of the womb. He's one of the few guys, and we talk about this too, that junior golf, he was the guy. College golf, he was a stud. Came out, turned pro, got his card really quickly. Never finished outside the top 100 on the FedEx guy. He's never sniffed losing his card or having to go back to Corn Ferry Tour Finals or things like that. That's not many guys in that same category that have been on the PGA Tour as long as Brian Harmon. Not at all. Hell of a player. I've known him for a very, very long time. Played on two Walker Cup teams. Um, incredible story. His hunting story, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like talking about caffeine with you. You just get so excited. He lights up, dude. He is a hunter-gatherer. He does both. He hunts, and then he gathers. And he's, he's, he's killed a lot of shit. We talked to him about it in his Instagram. It looks like National Geographic, like, like I said. But, dude, he loves some outdoors. All right, Sleaze. Well, before we get to our man, Brian Harmon, you know, there's really only one option when it comes to golf shorts, and that's Travis Matthew. It's the perfect short for you. Comes in five different colors. It breathes. It stretches. There's nothing better. I mean, the waistline moves up to one to two inches, which, as you know, I kind of like that a little bit. Gives you a little flexibility depending on how hard you get after it the night before. Maybe you get a little hungry, wake up hungover. You know, you can grab a big breakfast and don't got to worry about not being able to get your shorts back on. It's the only thing I've been wearing. It is the best. If you're a big fella, skinny fella like myself, no matter what, they got a size that fits you. It's the only thing I've been wearing, and it's breathable, too. So you get out there, like you were in Memphis this past week, a little bit swampy, a little bit sweaty. This stuff breathes. You could go easy on the gooch sweat. Don't got to worry about the ring of fire too much when you're wearing Travis Matthew. Yeah, the back line by Travis Matthew, the absolute best. Whether you're going out at night, whether you're playing golf, whether you're just hanging around the house, it's the perfect short. Nothing is better. It's the only available option, in my opinion. I mean, why would you wear anything else, Liz? That's the other thing. You go straight from the golf course to the bar, whatever. You don't got to slip anything off, change clothes. This thing goes from the course to the club to the bar, wherever you need to be. You only got, you only need one. You only need Travis Matthew. One brand, you go straight from the track to wherever you want to be. Don't got to worry about changing. Kind of like us. Perfect for all the right occasions. A chameleon. We go anywhere. Yep. Go, so go check it out. The Beck Short by Travis Matthew. Visit travismatthew.com today to order the perfect short and use the code SPP20 to get 20% off your first purchase. That's SPP20 at travismatthew.com to order the back. All right, here he is, Brian Harmon on Golf Subpar. All right, we are out here at beautiful Windyke Country Club, Memphis, Tennessee. We got a two-time PGA Tour winner with us here today. I feel like this dude's been making tweets since he came out of the womb. Brian Harmon, the pride of Savannah, Georgia. What's going on, baby? What's up, man? How Glad are you? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. B. Harm, very excited about I know. this. Me too. You know, been we, waiting. We, we go been... way back. I mean, you've been Long kicking time. ass for, for ages. Let's talk about it a little bit. When, when's the first time you picked up the game of golf? Obviously, you won the U.S. Junior in 2003, but did you start at a crazy young age? No, I was a ball player. I uh, played baseball up until I was probably 15, 16 years old. But um, I grew up at a golf course, and – I think I, I don't know exactly when I picked up a club for the first time, but I can remember 97 Phoenix Open. I was home from sick, homesick from school. It's the Tiger raising the roof, yeah. hole in one. Mm -hmm. Steve Jones won that tournament. 
Omar Uresti played with him. You don't remember that? (laughs) (laughs) He's still playing. So I watched that on TV, and I was just enthralled by it. And I loved it. And um, I lived about a mile and a half from, like, this driving range. And I'd ride my bike. I started hitting balls, fell in love with it, and um, started getting golf magazines. It's flipping through. I'm like, man, they're playing, like, red tees and shooting, you know, 40 and winning these nine-hole events. So I signed up for one. Won one, won another one, and uh, just kind of off the races were you, after that. Were you always left-handed? Or? <laughs> no, I'm right-handed. Yeah. Uh, do everything right-handed. When I was a kid, um, I would – I'd bat – you know, every time I pick up a bat, it's lefty. So my parents thought I was going to throw lefty. So give me a right-handed glove, throw me the ball, catch it, take the glove off, and throw it back to them. <laughs> so, Tough to be uh, shortstop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, left-handed shortstop yeah. would be a nightmare. But, uh, so yeah, I just, just kind of found it organically, which is nice. Uh, my parents don't play. Neither one were any good. Uh, my brother's starting to pick it up. He's, he's starting to do all right at it, but just found it, loved it. And, um, yeah, man, just got, so six, got, got lucky. Six years from starting to winning the Junior Am, which you won in 2003. I feel like we were just talking about this before we came on. I feel like you were one of the only guys – I was talking to Colt about this. It's like from junior golf, you were winning everything. In college golf, you were really, really good. Then you got out on tour quickly, and then you've been great. You've never not been – there are very few guys that are good, like, at every level right. going through. You're one of the only guys I can think of, really. Yeah, man, Charles Howe, maybe. I, I, I love golf, and I'm not, like, I'm not embarrassed that I love golf. Like, you know, I love to hunt. I love to fish. But even, like, oh, like, you know, do you wish you were hunting or fishing? I'm like, well, yeah, I love to hunt and fish, but I couldn't do it every day. Like, but I could play golf every day if I had to. You know what I mean? I feel like we both kind of realized at a young age as well we weren't going to be 6'5". And no, no, so no, there, no, no, there wasn't a whole it's lot of options for us. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can remember a dude hit a curveball I threw like 450 feet when we were like 14. I'm like, well, that's out. And then and then this dude was bringing heat one day, and I, I mean, I closed my eyes and connected. Dead center field, hits the middle of the fence. I'm like, I can't hit a home run. Can't run very fast. It's like, you guys better, are hitting bombs off of range. me. Just <laughs> figure it out. Absolute was, missiles <laughs> off of me. <laughs> that's awesome. Was, was Georgia always the dream school? Yeah, my granddad uh, was a huge Georgia football fan. Went to Georgia. I, I don't know what year he graduated, but um, always wa- always loved Georgia and always wanted to go there. And it just happened to be a, a great golf program, too. <laughs> Does any kid who's a stud junior golfer in Georgia, growing up in Georgia, not want to go to Georgia? I, I can't think of the last kid that – maybe Georgia Tech, but I can't remember the last yeah, I guess stud in Georgia that left. super good at math, maybe like Georgia Tech is an <laughs> option. No, nah, I mean um, – you know, we had guys right behind me, Russell, Harris, uh, Hudson, even though he's from Tallahassee, Florida. That's more Georgia than Florida. But, Count it. Um, yeah, I, just, I grew up a huge Georgia football fan, and, and that's what I wanted to do. But you, sure. mentioned, you mentioned all these guys. I mean, you just mentioned, you know, Harris, Russell Henley, Hudson Swafford. All, like, I went to SMU. He went to TCU. The qualifying wasn't that hard. If you were a good player, like, you got on. Like, you could have a bad round, I feel like, and then all of a sudden you miss a tournament. Patrick Green was our sixth man. There you go. His freshman year. He could have played for us. <laughs> <laughs> he could have made it. Love you, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, it was uh, – so my freshman year, it was Kevin Kisner, uh, Brendan Todd, Chris Kirk, uh, Richard uh, – did I say Richard Scott already? Mm-mm. Richard yeah. Scott, Remember Canadian, Canadian, Amherst, Canadian yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and myself. And then my senior year, it was me, uh, Adam Mitchell, who's my partner in the Walker mm-hmm. Cup, and Harris, Hudson, and Russell. All right. Who was the Play kid? Hard, guys. Who was the you kid? Got eight guys in there that have won multiple times on tour. Yeah, and they're all mostly from Georgia. Mine is like Richard yeah. Scott, basically. But who is? Did you have like a rival in in high school, like another Georgia guy you wanted to beat more than anything, and all of a sudden you're on the same team with him in college? Yeah, yeah. For, no, so Michael Green came into Georgia the same time that I did, and we were both you know really good junior players. And uh, he's from Augusta, and I mean he he beat me a bunch. Like he was a really really good junior player, and uh, was what, good was in college it? too. Just couldn't. Wasn't really just fair. Never. He had his mom out there. She was distracting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't a fair fight. I forgot about make, he had a very pretty it's mom. It's going to make Michael so mad. <laughs> what do you think oh, about I his hope mom? He's listening. <laughs> oh, we'll send it to him. Don't uh, worry. He, what do you remember most? Him, he's got him a baby boy now, man. He's doing great. He's lawyering uh, up in Atlanta, killing it. I love it. I that. hope he's listening. That makes me so happy you brought that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't well, really fair. You know, you, pl- you played on the Walker Cup team in 05 and 07, but one of the tournaments that I remember the most was the 2007 Porter Cup. Or you just beat the brakes off of everybody. I was thinking. I didn't make it in 07. I made it in 09. We're going to get to that. Yeah. I played I 05 and 09. But the best part about that 07 Porter Cup is that I was playing terrible. I'd been playing awful all summer. And then, I don't even remember, but um, Morrison comes up to me and goes, hey, me and you are wheeling against everybody in the field. It's like Colton Dustin, Colton Chris Kirk, Colton Billy Herschel. Uh, I think we lost. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah and I, I'm playing. I'm like, I'm like, Mike, I don't have the money, man. He's like, oh, we're playing. It ended up being we're playing like 500 bucks a hole or yeah. something. And I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't have it. Like, I don't have the. Where cable. we all no, doing no, no. that? Yeah. I, well, Mike, he's you know, successful business guy out of Atlanta, mid am and. And he's like, I'll, I'll front you, I'll front you. And I play the best golf I've ever played in my he life. 2200 wins by like 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we lost, basically. <laughs> but to be fair, Dustin and I at the Jones Cup earlier that year just beat the brakes off everybody. So it's kind of we just handed the money back. Yeah, just boomerang money. One hand feeds the other. Let's go to that 2005, yes. though, Walker yes. Cup, because you were on the team. That was a squad. And your partner. AK. Yes, the legend. Tell AK us about playing 47. with AK. Yeah. AK is probably, I mean, if. If he's not the best, he's top three, like, most talented, incredible golfer. I mean, just top to bottom golfer ever. I mean, it's, it's incredible what he could do. I mean, he could hit it he could hit it as far as anyone when he wanted to. His short game was just out of this world. And his iron shots, I mean, he choked down this far on the iron and just mashed it. I mean, everyone was right out of the barrel. I mean, you know, you play with the music. And show. he was doing things like even in college. I remember the first time I played, I was like, I got on the bus afterwards. I was like, there's not a person here that can hold a camp. But he would like be fading shots into hook wins with irons from the fairway and doing stuff that tour pros were doing at age yeah. 19, he 20, He could do whatever. whatever he wanted to. Yeah. And um, I can remember, so so we were partners. We're playing alternate shot. We get out there the first day, and he's like super nervous. And I'm like, I can't believe I might have to like calm this guy down. Because <laughs> I'm like, Anthony, like – you are so much better than anyone here. Like, all you have to do is just keep breathing, and yeah. we're going to wax these guys. You know, did like six oh, and yeah, four. Oh, yeah, we killed them. Killed them. <laughs> and uh, it's like, bro, just left foot, right foot, man. That's all I need. Just don't trip. Yeah. Like, but, I, just but I feel like the stay people, upright. Yeah, you're gotta, better. The people nowadays, though, they don't realize that didn't get to see him play. Like, we I, I saw know. him play. It's just like everyone asks, who's the best player you ever played with? And I'm like, uh, Anthony Kim. And they're like, what? And yeah, I'm like, who? I'm not kidding yeah. you. Like, day in, day out, it was just a joke. Just and he would do it. It was like, like he would show off sometimes. You know, he would be playing so good and be like, "Oh, watch! I'm gonna, I'm gonna make birdie like, like this this time." It's just nuts. Yeah, he'd hit like seven iron from 180 to 13 feet, and then like slam his club. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I would be, I swear, I would be I, overjoyed. I watched him hole more iron shots. Like I think I remember him holding more iron shots than I can remember me making like through my my entire career. Yeah, we just watched him just. But that was make iron that shots. Walker Cup. I mean, it it was a nail biter. Yeah, we won by half a point. point. Yeah. yeah, him and I actually we have um, we have our first match. We were like five down through seven holes or something. Came back and halved them, and then we won big the next day. And um, yeah, I mean, some guy had like a thirty footer to to retain the cup from them and missed it. So yeah, I mean, you you played on two Walker Cups, which I mean, I don't know how you feel, but team golf is as cool as it comes. I mean, yeah, it's great. That. Yeah, how important is it to you? To one day in your career play a president's cup or a rider yeah, i mean it's it's at the forefront for me um it's something i would be super proud of uh i had a really good chance a few years ago and just couldn't just couldn't find it towards the end of the year which was kind of a bummer but um you know it, it, it would be it would just be the coolest thing i think yeah it's i mean is I that up there like, with like winning again or being? On, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I would probably win another, rather win another tournament. <laughs> it kind of one on feeds team, the other, but, but yeah. yeah. So you keep winning, you're going to be on plenty of teams. Can and, you get AK back if you get on a team? Maybe the only way I'll play is with. Anthony. I would take AK right now. I don't care if he hasn't touched the club in a year. I would pick him first as my partner in I, any team. Event. Do you have you talked to him or any? Like we've kind of indirectly a little bit, and we hear rumors. Have you talked I to him? Secondhand talk to him through uh, Paul Vizanko, the guy that's with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scotty Cameron because he's like still really good friends with him so every time I see Paul I'm like hey tell Anthony I'm thinking about him hope he's doing well and he always says oh Anthony says hello thanks for yeah he's like Sasquatch you hear about he sightings is. but no one can really confirm he it he showed up at like the uh the um Saint uh the Santa Monica pier one night what's random like what what are you doing here man dude he's unbelievable man I you know you keep hearing these rumblings that he might be making a comeback at one point I hope he really does but I gotta ask you one more thing about the University of Georgia because I think one of the big perks is you get to go play Augusta National. Right. First off, how often does that happen? We would play once a year. You get once a year. Yeah, we play once a year, and uh, one of the years we went like in December, and it was it was miserable. We had like three wood <laughs> in, into one. Into yeah, one. It was terrible. Yeah. And then the last couple of years we did we did like three weeks before the Masters, and it's I mean it's just it's the coolest piece of property on earth. I mean it just it's the coolest piece of property on earth. The history the golf course, what it means, how it's set up, how it plays. It's just, it's the coolest place on earth. I went for the first time this year and I could not believe how big the place is. Oh, it's huge. And the hills. 
yeah. the hills. You, I mean, you, you walk out of the back of the clubhouse, you're like, oh my God, I can see like, I can mm-hmm. see 12. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. One of the other, ma- of all the things you accomplished in college, another, I think, uh, thing that gets overlooked. You managed to go to Georgia, arguably the best party school in the United States, and also make good grades. That's, uh, that's I, not easy I to mean, do. I mean, I dabbled in some mild alcoholism. <laughs> okay. like, as, mild is fine. As uh, evident in my, you know, second team All-American, second team All-American, not an All-American, <laughs> second yeah, yeah. or first team my last year. So I, I took a couple years off there to, to, to really I mean, so my not That's pretty good balance down there in Athens. It was so bad, man, because every – so there's like 100 bars downtown, and they would all, like, stagger their drink nights. So, like, I can remember, like, Monday night was, like, penny beer night at Generals. Like, well, definitely going to do that. And then, like, Tuesday night is, you know, somewhere else and Wednesday night. And then we had a rule on the team, like, if one of us went out, even if we had qualified the next day, we all had to go. Yeah, you can't. That's got to be playing field at least. It was like a team-building exercise. Yeah. There was a place on Tuesday night when we played the Corn Ferry event there. It was, it was Tuesday night was the place to be. And I'm sure. Well, they all like they all. It's like a revolving door of like failing bars in mm-hmm. Athens because it's like you start and then like everyone shows up and then like they hire the wrong people. They give all the drinks away for free. They go out of business. It's just, <laughs> it's just, and then, 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 then someone else comes in, new name, new ownership, yeah. Yeah. same cycle. Same Get stung for fake IDs. Yeah, come on in. Yep. You draw oh, your face on a napkin. Uh, age 24. Oh yep. man, they would come in with those paddy wagons and they would just pick people out of the crowd. Like you're coming with me. You're coming with me. <laughs> Penny beers, imagine Penny that. Beer. Penny I mean, beer those night. are the days. Penny beer night at Georgia, and then every night at uh, um, this place called Bourbon Street. From That's 10 to 11. That's where I've been. 10 to 11, it was a dollar well-drank liquor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude. Dollar a drink. That's it. I can remember my dad comes and visits me, and he goes, and he's like, and he's, you know, 15 of us, all buddies and stuff. He's, all right, I got the first round. And they, uh, you know, they pour all the drinks, and they're like, I don't know, seven fifty. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. like, what? So he orders a pitcher of, of vodka cranberry. Perfect. Like, Just give me a, how much is a pitcher? They're like, ah, four bucks. Sure, whatever you, you want. You show up with twenty bucks, you can get alcohol poisoning. Yep. Period. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about when you turned pro, because you turned pro in two thousand ten, and you didn't spend much time, as we call it, the Jicky Jacks. But you, had, you had a little bit <laughs> of time I, out I, there. I, I took my lumps. I took my lumps. I went to Morocco, played two. Two mini tour events. But I feel like you realized pretty quickly, like, uh, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, Q school was tough, man. Uh, I missed first stage twice. Um, I knew if I could just ever get the ball rolling, I finally got through my third time. Um, I just feel lucky that, you know, you could still get a tour card yeah. through Q school. Um, because if I had to do another year of, I mean, I guess I'd have been fine you know, doing the nationwide or web.com or corn Ferry, whatever it was then. And, you know, that, that would have been fine, but it, I like being able to get out on tour, cut my teeth, and then just get the ball rolling and, and be done with it. Not yeah, you, have to be relegated down and, um, you know, spend a year and play in places that you're yeah. not going to be playing on tour. Because the golf's totally – I mean, I, I never spent any time out there, but the golf's totally different. Like, these guys are shooting 28 under every yeah. week. Yeah. I remember you showed up at a in Arizona for the Gateway Tour for like one or two events. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is he doing? He's <laughs> yeah. too good. This is bullshit. Yeah, Stay yeah. where you are, and you're also too good to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played the Gateway, and then I tried the Monday for that for the Phoenix Open, which is the hardest Monday. Of, oh, of, no. Make a bogey, go a home. Planet. Tour yeah. event. Yep. The afternoon wave is a tour event. Like, yep. oh, winner, winner. Yeah, and only it was like three spots or you know something like that. It's like yeah. 150 guys for three spots. Well, yeehaw. Give us a little look, because you, you're one of the many guys on tour that lives in Sea Island. Give us a little look at that, because we get asked about Wisprock, kind of the same, I guess, out west. But, like, who are the guys you play with? What's the off weeks? Are you gambling? What are you guys doing? Well, first off, if I lived anywhere else, I'd, I would live in, in Scottsdale and be a member at Wisprock. We got your cover. It is the coolest place, I think. But Sea Island's great, man. We don't, we don't do games like y'all do, which is something that I feel like I miss out on sometimes. And our golf ends up being like really slow sometimes because we have a lot of resort golf. But Sea Island's been so great to me ever since I turned pro. The facilities are incredible. Um, you know, I got tons of places to work out, tons of places to play. Um, we gamble, but it, it's not like it's not like y'all gamble. Y'all you gamble. Got, I mean, you have some, you have, <laughs> y'all gamble. Yeah, you got the seaside course there. Yeah. You've got Frederica um, Ocean mm-hmm. Forest. By the way, I've never played Ocean Forest. I heard it just kicks the shit out of you. It's, if the wind blows, it's impossible. Sounds great. I don't want to play it. Yeah, neat. I'll be <laughs> small something. greens, small fairways, rough. Uh, well, let's talk about that first PGA Tour win, though, because I'll never forget John Deere. You were, yeah, that was um, your kind of your breakthrough moment. What was it like to finally realize, okay, I finally did it. I'm, I'm a winner on the PGA Tour. Well, it was really. I mean, it was great because I, I get paired with Stricker the last day, and I just had like this kind of moment of clarity the night before. Got a one shot lead. Stricker's won it <laughs> yeah. six times or whatever he has, and. And um, my, my wife, she was my fiance at the time, she'd flown in, 
you know, just trying to black cat me like crazy, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I, I remember talking to him like, hey, look, tomorrow you're going to be walking around and everybody's going to be rooting for Stricker. Like he's he's the guy here. And just don't let that get like under your skin because I feel like if you if I see you and you're – if I see like, you know, your frustration on you, it's going to like mm-hmm. – you know, I'll, I'll feel that. And, um, you know, I eagled the second hole and made a really nice birdie on nine. And then I think I birdied three or four on the back nine. And it, and I, you know, like I knew if I beat Stricker, I was going to win the tournament. Yeah. And, uh, it just, I just beat him. You know, it was just one of those days where I was like, all right, today's my day. And then I did it. And I was like, all right. Like, For those of us that don't know, like, once you get that first win, is it kind of just like, all right, here we go. Like, I belong here. Like, things become almost easier for you out there? You know, it actually – it got harder. You know, the, the two years after I won, uh, I struggled. I, I didn't do great. Um, it was like I'd put so much energy into winning that when it happened, it's like I almost took a mental break. And um, I kind of let my guard down a little bit. I think I thought I was better than I was, expected to, like, get into more tournaments more often. And um, it just didn't. You know, I didn't work as hard as I should. And, uh, and that's kind of what I'm going through now. I, I won again in, in 2017, and uh, I tried so hard not to let that happen again. But it's just hard to win. I mean, I just – it's really, really hard to win because you have to beat a PGA Tour player that's having the week of their life every week. Yeah. And time, when out, you, time out real quick. I gotta, he's, I've had to send him a car, so just don't want to – Oh, okay. You know, it'll just take one second. Yeah. Yeah, just keep rolling. It's fine. I just got to tell him what to do. I'll just ask something. I'll just ask something God straight. Yeah, ladies. I saw something going on. I didn't know what it was. Porn addiction. Yeah. You porn. Dropped yeah, a new him. video. Got to see it. <laughs> Sorry. Was Athens the spot? Somebody told me about this. I think it was Athens. The penny beer night. Was the rule, it's penny beers until someone uses the bathroom? And then once somebody I've uses heard, it, it that that. ends. Was that Athens? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to ask you that, but we got going on something else. But. I thought I that was it. Someone told me like they have I've heard beers, that about somewhere. But as soon as the do- God, that person's got to get oh, punched. just yeah. booed the whole no, way. No, dude, there's like there's like here. they'll put they dudes so, in front of the door, and so if you try to go in, they're like, Mm-mm. over there, I'm like you ain't getting in. I didn't know if that was it or not. All right, we're right, just talking we're about you yeah. and him. So he said yeah, how yeah. hard winning is. Yeah, you, right. you mentioned you know how hard it is to win out there. You get your second win in 2017, and you you take down arguably the best golfer on the planet right now, Dustin Johnson. Right. And Pat Perez, but whatever. He doesn't really matter. With an <laughs> mostly epic, DJ. Yeah, mostly DJ with an epic putt on the 70 second uh, hole. Pat tells a great story that Pat's in the locker room and they're watching. And, like, you know, I hit kind of a marginal chip and both of them are kind of getting ready to go out to the range. And uh, and so I make the putt and Dustin looks at Pat and like, what happens now? And Pat's like, we go home. That's what happens now, Dustin. <laughs> well, we DJ, lost. here's how it works. We go home, Dustin. What do you think? What happened? He actually shot one shot lower than we did, so we lost. This is the Pat, way it goes. Pat tells the story so much better than I do. It is so funny. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? What do we do? We'll fucking go home. Go home. Uh, that's, a go good, home that's a good DJ impression, too. Well, you want it, so you want it John Deere, you want it Quail Hollow. Two very different types Not of Quail tracks. Hollow. What's up? It was Eagle a one point. at one and done at Eagle yeah. Point, but it was a oh, okay. But, I mean, I shot, it was a 10 under. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was a low scoring. Out, 10 under there, 22 at, at John Deere. What type of golf course do you think is like, if you had to pick like a, a style, I guess, like is it short and narrow? Is it big and long? What? Uh, yeah, I've done, I've done good at yeah. at both. Um, you know, I wanted a, at, a, at a birdie fest, and I wanted a place that played yeah. more like a U.S. Open. Uh, the U.S. Open that I played great at was a birdie fest, Aaron, you know. But it was big and it was long. A big, big, I mean, it was yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I tend to, if a course is big and long, but that they give me a place in the front of the green to either get up and down or run a ball up, I'm fine. The places where I struggle, uh, where uh, where do we used to where do we used to play this tournament? Was that um, um, Tigers? Avenue, Tiger, no, Congressional? Tiger, no, Tiger won. Tiger won the old WGC. Oh, Firestone. Firestone. Yeah. It's everything's a force carry. Yeah. Right. So, like, I'm having to like force carry five irons into the green and it's all protected front with like bunkers you can't get up and down from that's where i struggle that's fair yeah because you've done good at very different styles yeah i mean i've done good at places as long as as long as i've got somewhere to play from short then i can you know i can lean on my short game and and uh, if it gets a little firmer that i can you know keep up yeah well you you mentioned that u.s open at aaron hills where brooks kept ended up winning but you were the 54 hole leader Mm -hmm. that's your only top 10 in a major so far do you think the U.S. Open is possibly the best major that suits you, or Augusta National? You finished tied for twelfth at. Yeah, last yeah, time? I've I've done a like a T11 at the PGA, um, it was like T12 at Augusta. I mean, good, Augusta sets up sets up good, especially this year because it was firm. 
Um, it just depends on the golf course. You know, like I've got no chance at Torrey Pines in January, February. But like during the U.S. Open in June, it's a totally different outfit. You know, like I'm able to run it up. You know, getting a bunch of roll off the off the tee, and um, it's just it's all about course setup. Man. Do you do you feel any different in majors than normal PGA Tour events? Maybe nerves wise. You know, I feel like that. You know, I know Brooks caught all sorts of hell for what he said about majors are easier to win. I, I don't think they're easier to win, but I think they're easier to like have good finishes in. Why? Because everyone else just psychs yeah, themselves out, or what? Everyone is so like hyper, just like they're just everybody's on edge. And if you can just hang in there and just hang in there, it's like a two or three under par at a major just goes so far. Well, you got three what three top twenties this year. I mean, your best year in major championships yeah, this sure. year. What are you doing anything different, or is that just experience? I just think What's that, that I've figured out like all right, like if I miss a green, it's not a big deal, you know. And I've been leaning on my short game more and more, working on my short game really hard. And uh, that I mean, everybody misses greens at majors. It's just hard to hit 14 greens a day at the British Open or the U.S. Open. It's, you're going to have a couple days where you hit seven, eight, nine, ten greens, and you got to figure out a way to 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 shoot even one under, two under. Do you do anything differently? Because we talked to other guys too, and it's, it's it's across the board. Like some guys go into some different routine before leading up to majors, trying to peak at the right time. Do you do you tweak your like practice schedule going into those or not? I've tweaked my like my rest schedule this year. To where I've tried not to play more than two weeks in a row, which I would play seven or eight in a row without any problem in years past. And I just, I, feel, I mean, I'm 34. I'm not, I'm not 24 anymore. And I'm having to like really manage like my rest. Like when I'm home, I would usually practice every day and do all that. Now I'm, I'm taking, you know, I'll force myself to take three or four days off and then I'll start. And it seems like I'm starting to peak at the right time in the week. Cause a lot of times I would show up and Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm striping it. And then, like, by the Saturday, I'm like, can't find it. Gassed. Yeah. I feel like when you're 24, 25, you're, you're so excited to be out there. Yeah. You just want to be there at all times. And yeah. then you realize later on in your career, like, okay, I don't need to be out there. I need to rest be ready right. to go come Thursday. Well, I end up, like, thinking about the golf swing and, like, where my game's at. I do, like, a lot more objective thinking, like, when I'm away from the game and I have time to, like, digest it all. Like, all right, why is this happening? Why is this shot happening? you know why am i making bogey in this certain situation and i can like you know let it all just kind of come out and then and then try to make a plan I'm like all right why well, i'm gonna do this and then commit to that plan and it seems to be working a little better what are the things you work on in your golf swing like if you got an off week because your swing doesn't appear to have changed a whole lot from the time i knew you in junior golf to till now what, what do you work everything's on? so subtle man um like like right now i'm trying to I, i'm trying to release the club a little more consistently. And I do that by using the ground to, to, to push it out a little bit more. Like I tend to get underneath and I kind of hang on my back arm and kind of flip it at the end. So I'm trying to have like a, like a, uh, like a seamless pivot kind of. Yeah, but if you look at where the, where the golf game is, <laughs> it does work. I mean, Working, you absolutely dog. stripe it. Yeah. But if you look at where the golf game's kind of gone with what Bryson's done, I mean, you're not the biggest guy in the world. You don't hit it short by any means. I mean, right. you get a lot out of it for being one of the littler guys. Does it frustrate you at all, like, with what's going on, where it's just let's just see how freaking far we can hit it? Um, at, at times, yeah, but I've heard so many guys that hit it uh, around the distance that I do complain and just whinge about how they have no chance that I've just made a, I made a conscious decision about two years ago where I'm like, well, I just I refuse to believe that. Like, I refuse to believe that how far I hit it is limiting me. And, like, I don't care what the stats say. I, I just – I refuse to give in to that. So, you've, you've won two times. You've, you've had a, your best year ever in majors. If you were going to win multiple more times and contend or win a major championship, if you had to pick one aspect of your game right now, like, this needs to get better, what would you say it is? I just think that if I can um, – the, the, the thing I've been struggling with, and I looked at, like, I've never been that great, like, approach to the green. Like, my approach uh, – stroke game approach to the green has never been – that great and when I looked at it even further it's like wow I'm not as good as I should be from 100 to 150 yards which when you talk about distance you talk about this other thing it's like well it doesn't really matter how hard you swing it from 100 to 150 like I'm unlimited in my capacity to be yeah. good in that spot so I've tried to focus on that and then I've tried to like I've always had a great short game I've always had good hands around the green but I never really felt like a specialist around the greens and I've tried to like be more of a like a, like a really like elite short game guy. 
Yeah, yeah like just you, double down on that that skill. Yeah, you drive it so straight, and you do still get it out there plenty far. But yeah. like 150 to 100, you're gonna have a million of those, and, exactly. and you putt good too. Always have. Let me let me ask you this: Is there? I mean, you've been out here a very long time, been very successful. You've played with everyone. Is there still anyone you get paired with, and you're out there, and you're like, my God, that's impressive. Yeah, Rory. Rory's super yeah. impressive. It, it, just the way his ball comes off, and just. Just the way that he swings at it, man. It's just like I just think it's like poetry in motion. Yeah. It's just it looks so it's free. so smooth yeah. and so free, and he just and when he's driving it good, man, it's just like oh my god. It looks just cool. like nothing. I watch it on TV. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. That's how I'm gonna, I'm gonna just be like, just like that. No, and then I get out there. I'm like, how? How does <laughs> yeah. it happen? Just shoots off of there. I mean, yeah, I, I think he's just one of those guys. He probably can jump really high. He just got. I mean, just something in him that just. Yeah, it works. Yeah, he got works. a little. A little something. You got some All right. Every broadcast you're ever on, ever, they call you a bulldog. Not because you went to Georgia, but like, this guy's a bulldog. This guy's a bulldog. If you had to define what it means to be a bulldog, what would you say? I just think, like, I mean, I've never been a big dude. And, but I, I played football. I mean, I did all the sports. And, like, I remember I had a coach tell me one time, he's like, look, man, like, I can tell, like, that, that you know, you enjoy hitting. Like, I always, always liked hitting in football. It never bothered me. He goes, but – because you just you have to remember that you you're never going to be able to control how big you are, but you can control how mean you are. And like if you're the meanest guy out there, you'll be fine. And I just remember like in all the sports I played, I pitched, and yeah, you know, I played defense in football. Like I always tried to be the meanest guy there. They never use it for like a big guy either. <laughs> I mean, like, like you could play the exact same way, hit the exact same shots as Jason Kokrak, and I don't think they'd be like, oh, Jason Kokrak's a bulldog, you know? Just because it's always for like the smaller guys. Yeah, they bulldogs use that are part. little. What's that? <laughs> bulldogs are little. Some of them, some of those things are yeah. big. Ugga is a big, yeah, a big dog. But they're just gnawing at your ankles down yeah. there. I just think like yeah, just people always assume heels. like, oh, a big guy, he's never had to like be that mean, like a little guy. Like, you're like the nicest mean dude. <laughs> Should we get in a little E9? Well, well I want to talk a little hunting with you. Please oh, do. I know you okay, all, okay. Another thing that always gets brought up is you now, avid, you're, you're really going to put a nickel in me now. Avid outdoorsman. Yeah, let, give me – and I looked at your Instagram page. It looks like National Geographic. It just – animals everywhere. What, what kind of stuff do you like hunting the most? So um, I'm a bow hunter. Love to bow hunt. Um, last couple of years I've been in southern Colorado uh, oh, yeah. hunting these big elk. I've killed two with big bow? elk with my bow. Both of them at 30 yards. And then, you know, we do the whole deal, man. We, we, we pack in, we're there for a week. You know, I'm hunting one specific one. We hunt him for three or four days. Stalk kill him? Skin him, quarter him, carry him up the mountain. And I got, I mean, I got 350 pounds of elk meat in my freezer. Damn. I mean, I love it start to finish. I, I mean. So that's like a real hunt. Oh, yeah. No, you stalk so, the deer? Oh, well, yeah. So, so the wind on the, so we're hunting like 12,000 feet. Oh. And so you've got all of these different wind and these thermals and stuff. And so. You know, a lot of times we'll see them or they're bugling late in, you know, it's their mating season, late yeah, in September. Season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they Undefeated. get after it, bud. You got to see that one time. You got to see that one time. It's, it's special. wild, bud. Saw it in Estes. So, anyway, once. like, you can't get – you can't ever let them catch your wind. So, we're always moving around, listening to them. And, we've, you know, you finally – and you got to get them within 40 yards to kill them, mm -hmm. right? And so, it's all just this chess game. You know, you get within a couple hundred yards, wind switch has got to back out, read, redo. And – um. You know, we don't don't shoot immature ones. We shoot these big, old, mature bulls, and they're smart, man. And um, it's hard to get around them. It's it's hard to hunt them. And like I said, we're at twelve thousand feet, so it's a it's a grind, man. We're doing like six miles of hunt. We start at daylight, uh, hunt four or five hours, take a lunch break, go back out. But usually, if you put one to bed, like you know, if we hunt one in the afternoon, find one we want, you put him to bed, he's going to be close to there the next morning. So when I say we're hunting for three days. <laughs> Like I'm on this that bull so for cool. two it's like, days. It's like going it's out like to the bars, match, dude. It's a chess game. You gotta hunt them down a bit. You gotta and hope you drag them out. Nice in a row. Drag them out. Yeah. Kidding? You don't drag them out. Don't say that. Half what? of our subscribers are like PETA people. Now we just lost. We're 99 percent yeah, male. I think but, we'll be okay. You know, so when I first started uh, dating my wife, she was living in San Diego, and um, I go out there and I'm visiting with her. And all her friends are, you know, they're West Coast, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and God bless them. But I was so nervous to talk to them because they're like, oh, like, you know, you're from Georgia. What do you drive a big truck? You yep. know, you listen to country music. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, yep. do you, oh, do you like to hunt? I'm like, yeah, dude. So she's been talking about me a lot. Yeah. I love it. I said, like, yeah, I love it. And I thought they were going to be like, oh, you monster. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. You know where all your meat comes from. I'm like, well, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks for giving me that at least. But, that's like a real hunt, though. You're going out. It's not like you drive up in a truck and shoot something. What do you when you so you pack this big ass elk hard, or deer it's out, hard out of there? What do you do with the meat? You taking that home? So or? they've got processors out there. So we hang it in these um, in these big coolers, 
and then they you know we take it to the processor and they cut it all up just like a cow and ship it to the house what's your favorite thing to eat that you've killed uh an elk tenderloin is about as good as it gets mm. cooking on the grill just like people a, say that stuff's really good dude, it's, well the only the only difference between wild meat and like a, a farm-raised cow is there's no fat so like these you know these uh pioneers that were heading west you know they were always craving fat because even they were eating all this wild game they couldn't get enough fat so you could actually have stores and stores of wild meat but you'll die of starvation damn no fat in it what's so the, you gotta cook it with fat you gotta cook you it thought with you learned a lot from tim tucker i'm learning some <laughs> shit right now dude i just gotta learn how to shoot a, yeah, a bow or a gun but no I, I mean i do it at home i kill whitetails i kill turkeys at home ducks uh we got a bunch of pigs we kill i, mean, I kill it and i eat it you, you know, got we, some Big turkeys on Instagram. We kill, we kill pretty turkeys. Pretty what's the, turkeys. what's your most prized like hunt that you got like that you ended up getting? I mean, the two toughest year, one. Yeah, two two years ago, um, just just shooting. I shot this big elk, man. We we hunted him for a long time, and the guy that's been taking me, he's right here on my shoulder hunting with me, and uh, we watched him come down the mountain bugling. You know, he's having to turn his his, his antlers are so big, he's having to turn his head sideways to like get in between these areas, and he steps right down, just. That poor elk. Finally, he's like, that, that little <laughs> bastard got me finally. <laughs> What's your favorite, Colt, uh, your, of all your hunting? Uh, nothing. Yeah. No. My postmate. I had to hunt down my postmates yeah. the other day. Went to the wrong house. Man, we, you know, we eat wild meat at my house probably three or four nights a week. That's awesome. Yeah, fish, that's real, you know, real deal. Fish I've caught, turkeys. I mean, you got to do something a little different with all of them. And, um, but it's all good for you, man. You know, you, just, you think about, like, these days, like, Man, like some of this farming stuff, and you and it's like, man, it's just gross. <laughs> you are authentic outdoorsman. Authentic. Like I, I the like real it. deal. It's I not like just it a, start to finish, man. Like I like so like last week I'm home, I'm on my tractor, like I'm filling up feeders for the deer. Like we're starting to put out cameras. We're starting to figure out what we got. Like I love doing all those things. I love to plant. I love mowing. I love getting land ready for us to hunt it. Uh, I love scouting. I mean, I, I love all of it. Varner's got a big uh, mower if you ever need the yeah, lawn. If you need the lawn mower, he, he, he can cruise yeah, big, on it. I don't know, big lawn mower, mower whatever. Yeah, big old mower. <laughs> All right, let's All right, get let's to go. this emergency nine. Okay, we asked this to everybody. I know you listened to this, but we, we've changed it recently. You can trade lives with anyone for one day, dead or alive. Who's it going to be? Jeff Knox. Wow. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. For those of you who don't know, Jeff yeah. Knox, Augusta National. Yeah, he, he lives a professional life of leisure. I watch him. Uh, he, he's like he, he's like a uh, – He's like the amateur version of Fred Couples. He's just the coolest dude, and he just shows up all over. The, there's like eight of them. That's and a good analogy. He plays every week. Yeah, beats does, dudes. Does whatever time. he wants. He was telling me a story the other day about a rental car, and he was like, oh, like someone needed to turn a rental car. He goes, oh, just leave it, like wherever they were. They're like, you can't do that. He goes, that's what I do. <laughs> no, dude, they'll find it. <laughs> He's like, it's their car. If they want it, they better come get it. They'll get it. Good point. They'll get it. We but used yeah. to ask who would play you in a movie, and I think yours would be the easiest ever. You know it probably. You've had to have heard it a million times, I assume. Go for it. Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah. Back when I back when I had lettuce. For yeah, sure. when you had some when flow. Had yeah. When you had some flow. Yeah. All right, next one from me. How long did it take you to be able to tell the difference between Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk? <laughs> very very short time. <laughs> it makes me so happy though that they get no, confused with each other. All, the other one is Hudson and Harris. Yes, dude. They always get confused with each other. I'm like, how? Do, I, I don't know. I don't understand how you could confuse them. Oh, I do. I don't either, I see I've been around TV. them so much. Yeah, like, I've known them since I was twelve. Dude, they're identical. Like, I belong to visits. It's either Chris well, Kirk or Brendan Todd just made tweet. I don't know which one. <laughs> the one year at the Azalea, like uh, it was Halloween, and well, Webb and Kirk. Switched. Webb and Kirk switched, and they Wake thought they Georgia. thought Kirk won, but yeah. Webb won wearing all Georgia stuff in a Georgia bag. Yeah. I could distinguish him, but the other two, those are a little tough. Yeah, you got Hudson and Harris, too. It's like similar names, too. Tricky. All right, next one. I know you're a big hunter, but I heard recently you started playing some Madden NFL football. Oh, yeah. Okay? yeah so man. it's a big deal now on ESPN. Like, they interview all the players, and they strive to be 99. They always complain about their grade. I want to know what you would give yourself as a rating on Madden. As a player? As a, as a player. player oh, as... uh, mid mid to high 60s, probably. Okay. Harris English said 51. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he said he owns you. You can't even catch a run well, at 51. So, so, to my defense, we used to play on an Xbox in college, mm-hmm. and I, 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 he, he was mine. Okay. Harris English was mine on that Perfect. game whenever I wanted him. And now, since then, you know, I've had children, and I've had a family, <laughs> and he's just put in hours after hours on a different console with a different game. We used to play college, NCAA, so he's Madden, different console. And he's like, you know, he's married with no kids. He's got all this time on his hands. 
So he's got just hundreds <laughs> yeah. of hours of experience. He That's said, not a fair fight. He said Harmon's over there doing all these hot routes and audibles and check downs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm more skilled, less experience. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, that's more... not fair when you switch consoles. It's, it's a whole not. different ball yeah. game. Yeah. All the buttons. Yeah. If it, so, if someone knows how to audible and someone knows like how to like switch around defenses for like like they're the better player. Yeah. Like their ceiling, my ceiling. Is higher than Harris. You're like Peyton Manning. But his experience, I mean, he's been roof. doing it for years. The ceiling is the roof. He's like Jamarcus <laughs> Russell. A lot of talent. <laughs> Just can't figure it out. Jamarcus <laughs> Russell. Uh, all right, next one. This is a good one. All right, you led the UGA team in GPA for three years. Hey, right there. Thanks, man. If you come into a, in a final exam and you hadn't studied a lick, zero studying, you had to sit next to somebody on your team and copy off their Michael Scantron. Green. Michael Green. All right, who do, you, who do you want the least, though? Hudson Swafford. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Poor Hud. Hud getting dragged. <laughs> Ron, why are you so mean to me? God, I love it. Hud, you had Hudson, no no faith in Hud get you through that? Hudson, well, if it was accounting class, it would be Harris English for sure. Accounting yeah. class changed changed uh, <laughs> Harris's career path. <laughs> or at least his school career path. Wasn't uh, in his future. That one ruined him. All right, next one. For the people out there that don't know, if they haven't seen your putter, it's bigger than my computer right here. So I want to know, have you ever had any cattle ranchers reach out to you and offer you top dollar for your putter to no, bring in No, but if anyone with? needs a shower head changed, I got the tool God for God almighty, that thing, I mean, the head on that putter is this big. You know I just understand how you go around the putting green. There's all these putters, and you're like, that's the one. Well, you know, they always, you know, most putters these days are, are made out of, you know, aluminum, or but that one's actually made out of money. <laughs> it's a one of one dude you're being so serious for <laughs> yeah, a second. I, like, I know oh, i'm listening no, it was actually like, like really damn minted perfect money is what it's made out of perfect yeah nothing's <laughs> been that around nothing's been around all right my last two are outdoors related all right like i said a lot of georgia guys out there that claim to be big outdoorsmen okay hunting fishing all that stuff if all of the georgia tour players were trapped in the wilderness with only a knife who survived the longest? Okay, all the me excluded. You're out. I'm out. I assume um, you'd pick yourself. So the next best, I guess you could just throw tour players in, like because you got like. No, I'm gonna say you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I think, um, yeah, I think Hudson Swafford probably lasts the longest. Oh, there you go. He's yeah. redeeming himself. Yeah. He'd fail yeah. accounting, book, but book, book smart, no good. With a knife, <laughs> yeah. he's a scary man with a knife. <laughs> okay, so he's authentic. Yeah, I just need to know who's authentic yeah, out there. I see the camo. We, I want to know. We, we hunt together all the time. Okay, Hud, shout out Hud. He's yeah. alive. He's all right, alive. he's Num eating. He's back in. Number seven. You played on 05 Walker Cup team. 09. I'm gonna break these down real quick. 05. You got yourself, Matt Every, Jeff Overton, Anthony Kim, JB Holmes, Michael Putnam, Lee Williams, Kyle Reifers. 2009. Bud Colley. Ricky uh -huh. Fowler, Morgan Hoffman, your guy Adam Mitchell, Cameron Tringali, Peter Uline, and Drew Weaver. We're gonna have a beer Olympics between the two teams. <laughs> oh. oh wait, who who wins? Uh, I think I think that first squad. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a, that's a landslide. Huge favorites. Absolute landslide. <laughs> that's a landslide. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we agreed on that. Yeah, because I don't think I mean I think Ricky drinks some beer now, but he didn't then. Uh huh. Uh, Morgan Hoffman doesn't drink a lot. Cameron Tringali didn't drink a lot. Drew would have a beer with you. There's yeah, some dudes on 05. Like, was Brendan Gilo on that yeah, team? Yeah, he was on that team. I don't think he drank. Yeah, but then you had Anthony. Mm. Yeah. Check. Yeah, that's all you need. We win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we win. It's a wrap. We win. Uh, I love it. Okay, uh, yeah, we all agree on that one. It's a wrap. All right. Your life is on the line. You got to put an apple on your head, William Tell style, and one guy on the, P on the PGA Tour, anyone, has to shoot it off your head with a bow. Who you want? Oof. If my man Kevin Kisner has been practicing, I'm 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 giving mm. the bow to Kevin. Who's the least of the guys that claim every other player on the PGA Tour <laughs> to be outdoorsman? <laughs> Who would you think you would die the most from? Who do I think I would die the most from? Is I'm Keith sure Mitchell outdoorsman? No sir. Okay, good. No sir. I'm pretty sure. After Hudson hears this, he would probably just shoot me right in the chest just, <laughs> Whoops. just to spite me. <laughs> missed it. <laughs> Whoops, missed the apple, but no more Harmons. Everybody's better off. Tough break, bitch. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. All right, last one. Got to go back to your college days here. You and the Bulldogs traveling around in the team van. You come across a yellow Xterra. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, hmm. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you want? Do you want the story? That's why we okay. asked it. <laughs> no, let's end it right there. So, so this was my very first um, college tournament ever. We're at the preview, and we're in Bend, Oregon, and we've got two uh, suburbans or whatever. So 
um, in the front car, you've got Ryan Hibble, Kevin Kisner, and one of Chris Kirk, uh, Richard, or no, Richard Scott, and Brendan Todd, and Michael Green, and where, and who, whoever is in the second car that Hacker's driving. Hibble, and there's no one for miles. We're in Bend, Oregon. There's not a human within 100 miles of us, okay? <laughs> Hacker pulls out, and we pull out right behind him. And little did we know, we pulled out right in front of this yellow Xterra. Like, I mean, cut him off bad. And Hibble had to go because we don't know where we're going, right? Or, or Hacker pulls out. Anyway, we, we, we cut this guy off. And this guy slows down. He's flipping everybody off. Just making, you know, a fool out of himself. So anyway, he speeds off, never to be seen again. And so we go like a mile down the road. And then Hibble's like, oh, I need like chapstick or something. So he pulls into this gas station. Well, the yellow Xterra is sitting right there. So now it looks Perfect. like yeah. that there's two carloads of me excluded, decent size. I mean, Ryan Hibble's a football yeah, player. Yeah, he's a big man. So we and as soon as the, as soon as we pull into the parking lot, this I'm not even going to call him a person because he was built like a brick shit house. <laughs> this guy jumps out with his neck is this, this neck. You know, like when a guy so bit his neck looks. It makes his face look skinny. <laughs> his neck was twice the size of his, ne- of his head. He jumps out. Hibble gets out of the car, and he's this far from Hibble. And he is – and Hibble's, like, like visibly, like – This is a problem. Right? Yeah. Kiz gets out. He runs over to Kiz, gets in his face. And I'm looking at this. I get out of the car, and I'm 20 feet away. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this guy's seen six guys get out of this car, and he is not – he does not care. Does not care how many of us are there. He is gonna he's gonna beat us all to shit, right? So I'm like, I see this all happening, and I just like chuckled because I was like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Someone's gonna get and he snaps his head and looks at me, and goes, "What are you laughing at, cockbite?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Nothing, sir. Nothing, sir. Nothing, oh sir. my god! We're so sorry. Oh. That is so great. Kill him. Kill him. I texted three different players uh, on your team, and they all texted me to tell you half that story. <laughs> tell the cockbite story. <laughs> so. So uh, cooler heads prevail, but he's still so mad. And, and like, I have to go inside. And, he, like, we're inside in line together, and someone calls him Terry. Uh, so the whole week it's like, oh, Terry's up on top of that hill, you know, <laughs> carrying, carrying the lumberjack with his teeth. You know? uh, like, old sea bass. So good. What are you looking at? But he was. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean th- this guy comes out of his log cabin, you yeah. know, in his flannel. He's eight feet wide, chops his wood for the day. That is I wouldn't have him pegged as a yellow Xterra guy. I know. That must have been his, his girl's car. No one makes fun of that guy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't mess with Terry. Well, Brian Harmon, man. <laughs> He's a huge UFC fan. I <laughs> yeah, am sure. Guaranteed. Dude, this uh, has been so much fun. Yeah, for us. Thank, thank you, bro. So we appreciate you. you. you got it. This was great. All right. Well, that was our man, Brian Harmon, joining us on Golf Sub Park. We were out at Windyke Country Club. By the way, special thanks to them for letting us come out there and film all these episodes. But Brian Harmon. What an awesome dude. Just, you know, like you said, we call, we call him a little bulldog. I mean, he did go to Georgia, but he's that guy. He's just gnawing at your feet. Just uh, he's not scared of the moment. And one of the few guys that really can tell us something about Anthony Kim. Yeah, it, I, I felt like we were going to go down an Anthony Kim rabbit hole for about 30 minutes. But, yeah, he's one of the few guys that kind of keeps tabs with him, played uh, multiple matches with him um at the walker cup down there and i mean we gotta find him if uh, we've tried a bunch of people have tried hopefully we can get him at some point but dude Harmon, i think is a guy you don't see him interviewed a ton on the pga tour he hangs around he's kind of an under the radar guy but man he is a would be a fun guy to grab a beer with hang out afterwards he, he is a awesome awesome guy and i love the comment when he's like you're talking about his putter he's like yeah that thing's made of money and he ain't joking that thing's been around a long time bro and it has made him a shit pot of money he gets it done with that club every single year and like Colt like you you played junior golf with him I did too things like that I haven't noticed much in his golf game change in the last I mean what do you want to call it 15 years swing looks the same putter looks the same I mean all of it and it's just he's one of the guys doesn't tinker a whole lot if it ain't broke don't fix it and that's hard to do yeah not the flashiest guy I mean he's five foot seven doesn't smash it but for a little guy he hits it a lot longer than I think you would would first you know your first impression would be he can absolutely move it out there had a hell of a career on the PJ Tour. Two wins, wins the John Deere, wins the Wells Fargo, beating Dustin Johnson and Pat Perez with the 30-footer on the last to get a job done. And I thought that story was incredible. When Dustin's like, what do we do now? Uh, 
back. Well, we, we go home, uh, Justin. We you lost. pack your yeah. shit and you go home. That's called losing. That's called losing by one. I mean, what a couple of dudes to make that putt against, too, by the way. Like, Pat, you can hold that over his head for forever. He can handle it. And then DJ, too. That's a big moment. Two dubs. And I feel like he's just going to be around for a while. He's not a guy, I feel like, with age. He's still young, too, by the way. But he doesn't rely on distance or power or any of that. He could play that golf game the way that style of golf he plays right now for a lot of years to come. Yeah, it's going to be cool. He, you know, he's one of those guys going to try to fight for one of those last spots on the Ryder Cup team. Um, you know, I know that's very, very important to him to make one of these team team events. Uh, he, he loves that atmosphere. I mean, he played two Walker Cups. Probably should have played three, if we're going to be totally honest. Um, should have made that 2007 squad. But still, no matter what happens, he's had a hell of a career. It's been really, really fun to watch. And that poor elk that he stalked for two or three days. I mean, can you imagine, like, you go up to elk heaven and – How'd you, how'd you go? Well, I got shot by the little 5'7 Brian Hartman. There's some little shit behind a tree over there that got me. And he's he showed me the pictures afterwards of this, like, big prize one he got or whatever. And he's, like, lugging off its whole head on a backpack. And it's no bullshit. It's almost as big as Harmon is. Like, I was like, how'd you get that out of there? But, I mean, it, I don't know much about hunting. I'm not a big hunter or whatever. But at least it's not, like, kill for sport, go out there, leave it, or do whatever. Like, he uses all of it, and it sounds like he puts it to good use. But the dude loves it. He's not, like, a fake outdoorsman by any means he's he's locked and loaded at all times yeah i would have to believe brian Harmon gained quite a few more fans after this interview with us here on golf subpar all right sleaze here we go FanDuel, number one sports book can't can't find any better place ever and you now we start last week we're one for one we we, we touted a answer 41 to one to win i saw FanDuel tweeted out that some guy bet four grand on Abe answer to win. Obviously, he listened to golf subpar. There's no way he was going to bet without us. Yeah, no, no question. That's the only way to get your picks, Boot. All right, well, let's get to it. We got the Wyndham Championship, the final regular season event before the FedEx Cup playoffs. Pretty interesting field. You know, got obviously Webb Simpson's there. He wins, it seems like, every year or at least competes for it every single year. But guys like Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott trying to get in there and uh and get, get to the fedex cup playoffs so it's going to be very very interesting sedgefield an old school golf course you know not very long crazy slopey greens um normally some pretty deep bermuda rough and the guys can go low here so let's get to it webb simpson is your favorite at 12 to 1 hideki matsuyama is just going to keep on playing i guess continue this role he's going off at 15 to 1 and louis Ustazen is going off at 20 to 1 those are your top three favorites man Slees, this is a this is a tough one i mean i think Obviously, Webb Simpson is probably a very, very, very good pick considering his track record around here. But there's some guys that with some odds that I find very, very interesting, like JT Poston. Here's a guy who went bogey free for the entire tournament when he won in 2019. He's going off at 70 to one. A guy that I'm looking at, two guys actually that I really like to play very similar games, in my opinion. Joel Damon coming off a tie for seventh at the Barracuda, going off at 90 to one, and Ches Reeve who has found some recent form as of late, is also 90 to 1. I love that value right there. Chaz, not the longest guy in the world, but going to hit it dead straight and iron it really well. It's a great golf course for him. And I'll give you another guy that I like strictly based on his iron play, one of the best in terms of strokes gained approach in the last, basically since we came back from COVID. But Russell Henley is going off at 32 to 1. He seems to play great down there in the southeast. He's comfortable on those Bermuda greens. When he gets that putter going, he can fill it up. But Tita Green, especially from the fairways, if he puts it in the fairways, he irons it awesome. So 32 to 1, I think, is a real good value on Russell Henley, too. All right. Well, the time has come. Who are you going to go with, though? All right. You want me to launch the pick right now? Team Slee's final regular season event of the year. We're going... 50 to 1 range here, Colt. I'm saving DJ and Rory for the two playoff events, but I'm going a guy who needs a week, bro. Our guy, Ricky Fowler, going at 50 to 1. So, I mean, he's shown a little bit of form recently. There's a top 10 at the PGA, which was a big week for him. Finished 11th at the Memorial. Had a good final round over there at the Open Championship. But, Colt, we were talking about this before, man. Like, I'm shocked. He's, he's now 130th in the FedEx Cup standings. I'm shocked that he elected not to play Barracuda last week. It's like, I know you don't typically play that event. I know you're a massive guy and all that. It's a secondary event, maybe a little blow to the ego. But first things first, let's make sure we finish top 125. We can regroup a little later in the year. And he bypassed that, and now he's playing this week. And now he needs a week. I think he dropped five spots this past week. So he's got to go around there and, and play some golf, dude. And it's it's, you know – be shocking to see Ricky Fowler, even after all of this, to to not make his way into the FedEx Cup playoffs. I, I totally agree with you. I was shocked he didn't tee it up last week. His caddy, Joe Scoverman, was actually filling in for Patrick Cantlay 
last week. But I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise. I've already talked about him. I'm going to go with some value here. And I I mean, first off, it's a lot of value, 90 to 1. But this guy's starting to show some form. He's really, really getting back to the consistent Ches Reeve we know. And Sedgefield, I mean, some of the narrowest fairways on the PGA Tour, he's one of the best iron players on the planet. If the putter warms up, Ches Reeve's my guy this week. Yeah, we might going a little bit of a dark horse, but I like Chez a lot around Sedgefield Country Club. Yeah, getting him at ninety to one. I mean, here's the guy he could he could go off and hold three irons next week when he gets going and he starts feeling it. I mean, nobody hits more lasers than Chez Reeve, and it's been a slow year for him. But like you said, some recent form. So Chester also great course setup for him. I ain't never mad at, at Chez, especially when you get a golf course like this. So yeah, not a bad pick. All right, well here we go. Can't wait. See if we can make it two for two. Here with FanDuel. Sleeves, that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, another great episode. The queen of CBS, as you call her, the face. Jim Nance is the voice of CBS. She's the face of CBS. Amanda Balionis joins us, and you're not going to want to miss it. She's a dog lover, like many of us in the world, and she breaks down which dogs we would be. I it's a, going to be fantastic. A little bit of a dispute over what she picked for me, but I honestly, after thinking about it, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Well, thank you to everybody for listening. Hope everyone has a great week, and we'll talk to you on next week's Golf So Far.